Clever Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Latina podcast. This week, in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, we have Evelyn Mejia as our guest. Evelyn is a bilingual and bicultural licensed marriage family therapist and the founder of La Mariposita Healing. Within her practice, Evelyn helps first-gen folks unpack early childhood wounds and intergenerational trauma. Her goal is to give her patients the tools to allow them to thrive. Thank you for being here today, Evelyn, and for chatting with us about your practice and your journey as a twin mom, which you have in common with Ceci. Bienvenida. Yes, thank you so much. First of all, I, I just want to say I am so excited to be here. I am having a little bit of a serendipity moment right here um, because I remember when I went to your uh, launch party in San Francisco. Was that five years ago? Four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like super excited and just honored to be here with you all um, sharing space. So thank you for having me. No, we're excited to have you. And we remember just the energy that you brought and the fact that four years later, we were like, we should have her. Uh, it was, it's beautiful that social media does that, you know, that it brought us together then and we were at that launch and we're still here, still standing four years later, a whole world that changed in a pandemic that happened. And toda la vida que ha pasado, it feels like five, six years ago. So it's funny that you said five years ago, but thank you for being here. I think the biggest thing we want to focus on is this mental health awareness month. And this podcast for any of our listeners, you know that we're pro therapy, we're pro self-care in whatever form. And a lot of times that's emotional work and self-improvement and going to therapy and having a therapist. So you just being here and your expertise is important. And we're just so excited to jump into it. But before then, Let's get started. Tell us anything in general about yourself, anything about your background or upbringing that people need to know. For sure. Um, so I am a first-generation Guatemalteca, um, which to me, that means um, that I was born in Guatemala um, and raised in the U.S. Um, I, um, I came here when I was nine, and I've been living here since then. Um, I am a single head uh, of household. Um, and a mom of three. So I have um, a mom of, of a teen and, a, and, and twins. So, um, and I am first generation todo. Um, I am the first in my family to have kids at 28, which was a big thing <laughs> in my family. Um, I was old <laughs> considering, you know, just family history. Um, I am a first master level graduate, first therapist, and the first homeowner. Um, so first everything, first todo. <laughs> bravo, bravo, bravo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just like, boom, 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 nailed it. We were over here cheering on you, <laughs> snaps and claps, todo lo demás. Este, que bonito, que bonito. Um, I'll start with the most shallow part of it, but Vero and I were married Guatemaltecos. Oh, Guatemala. Nice. <laughs> Our kids are shallow. Guatemaltecos oh. too. Uh, and then the non-shallow part of it that is not about us. You, like first everything. Wow. Like the courage, the everything to figure it all yeah. out. Education, <laughs> life. The struggle is real. Struggle is Home ownership. The struggle is real. All of it. Pero que bonito. You know, trailblazing. Muy bonito, que lindo. I almost feel like we need to unpack that more, but we won't because we really want to get okay. into the therapy piece. But we, like I said earlier, love therapy and love the fact that when we work with our 
clients, we are so pro therapy and making sure that they understand that that's not our job, that we don't have those credentials behind our name. And we definitely did not do the schooling that is required for that. But we love the one-two punch and understanding that people need everything, every tool possible and every coach possible. And therapy is a huge tool in your toolbox. So again, super fans of you and your work. Uh, And then one step further is understanding the fact that in our culture, in our community, like you said, first, everything, I mean, even becoming a therapist, it's Mm -hmm. huge. We don't talk about therapy in our upbringing, at least we didn't. Our 80s babies mentalities in our lives, right? No way. Still to this day. I don't know that my mom even knows that I have a therapist. I should sort of bring it up and shock her. But uh, tell us a little bit about your practice. And I know it's called La Mariposita Healing, which I love, the little butterfly healing, if listeners needed us to translate that. Tell us how the name was born, but more so what the practice is about. For sure. Um, So uh, I started back in 2019, I think it was, part-time, just doing one day a week um, and um, La Mariposita Healing was born out of uh, just a, a, a bit of a play on words kind of thing um, because La Mariposita is, has been a nickname that has been a part of who I am for a long time. Um, I love butterflies, you know, just kind of teenage growing up, um, identified with butterflies. And so um, La Mariposita was a nickname that kind of stuck. And then when I was thinking about my practice name and everything, I was, just started playing around with, with the words and La Mariposita Healing came, came about, um, which to me, it means not only am I continuing to heal um, as I do this work, but I'm also, um, my, my hope is to be able to help others heal as well with the work that I do. That's where it comes from. Um, and I have, you know, I've been a, a therapist for over 10 years. Um, I primarily um, have been working with, uh, with Latino communities um, in community mental health, school-based uh, services. Um, so I've worked with um, undocumented folks, recently arrived, um, you know, and even unaccompanied minors. I used to work very closely with newcomers and unaccompanied minors. Um, and so a lot of my my experience and focus has been with, you know, fresh gents, um, which is what I focus on now. Um, I'm currently in private practice full-time, um, navigating that entrepreneurship journey. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I work with, um, primarily first gen folks, um, around intergenerational healing, a lot of childhood, um, healing, um, especially, I think it comes with a combination of my personal experience as well, right? Like growing up, um, and the experience that I had being a middle child, being, you know, uh, first everything, like I said, right? Um, and so I, den- I, I identify deeply with clients in that way. Um, and so a lot of my clients are, you know, first-gen professional students trying to navigate um, their relationships, you know, with families, partners, with themselves mainly. Um, so, yeah. Like Irene said, we're all pro-therapy. And, um, you know, like when you, when you say that, uh, you help your patients unpack intergenerational trauma. And I know that as Latinas, 
some of us, uh, it affects us more than others. Um, and one, one thing that I've um, discovered in my own therapy journey is the difficulty of speaking to uh, my mom about some of the things that I'm learning through this therapy journey and realizing things like, oh, mom, you're this way because of your upbringing. Um, and it's hard and it's difficult. And I think I've talked to the girls about like, you know, there are moms, but they're not, no son cariñosas. Um, and in fact, this weekend I experienced it like once again, right? Um, we were at my brother's uh, son's first communion. They had music and La Banda like was playing this song for my mom, you know, dedicated to my mom. And so my mom's like bawling, estaba llorando. And, um, and I was like kind of stuck. I'm like, oh, what do I do? And then like La Banda was kind of like surrounding her. And like the Banda guy looks at me kind of like gesturing me to like, you know, go to your mom. So I, I do. And I go to her. And I wish I could show you guys the video. But anyway, I go to her because someone took a video. And I hug her from behind, from behind la abrazo. And she's just like this, like stiff. Está llorando, but she's like stiff with her arms in front. And I, I grab her arms, like fue lo que me nació. I grab her arms and I put them on top of my own arms. Anyway, I'm saying all this because she's not that, like no es cariñosa. And I think she was cariñosa with my little brother, but not with my sister and I. So saying all this... Um, do you have any tips as to having conversations with their parents, with our moms about things that come up? Or should it be one thing that we should not talk about with them because they're another generation, they're old school? What any tips that you have on that? Yeah, um, I would say um, the first thing I would ask is what is the intention, right? around having the conversation. Like, what is the purpose? What is the goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Because that might give you some clarity around, you know, how to approach the conversation, what to say, right? Um, but it's also going to give you some clarity around, um, again, what the purpose of it is, right? Because if you're going to go in there with this um, intent to convert or convince, right, you might be um, met with disappointment, right? And a lot of the frustration that it comes from, like, you, they don't get it, right? They don't get it. No, no, no entienden. No, no lo pueden ver sí. como lo vemos. Right. But it's because mm -hmm. um, under, like, the underlying intention is that they're going to get it, right? Or that they're going to understand it in the way that we understand it or see things the way that we see them, right? Um, and sometimes, as, you know, when I'm having these conversations with clients, I notice, um, um, when we start talking about what is the intention, right? Um, a lot of relief comes from just expressing, like, just, I want to tell her this, or I want to tell them this, right? Um, and then that helps us to kind of, uh, get clarity around, how are we going to say it, right? What are we trying to communicate? Porque también eh, depende mucho what the delivery is también, right? If we're going to go in there and, you know, and, and blame, right? Or like come at them in a way that are going to just immediately have their, they're going to um, have their defenses go up. No te van a escuchar, right? Like they're not going to, it's just not going to, 
register because they're in this place of of defending themselves. That's like culturally almost like the process. Like I think my mom is very defensive and that's how she was raised. And, you know, she survived a lot of things that I think she had to be like this gritty defender of her life. Like coming here sola, trabajando sola, my dad abusing her along the way, her finally becoming independent, leaving him, being judged for leaving him. Like she's had to defend herself her whole life. Like now comes along this kid that she has when she's 40. So, right, if I'm now, say, 20 years old and she's 60, uh, who am I? Who's a 20-year-old to a 60-year-old woman that's lived a whole lot of life before I came along? So one thing that really helped me, Evelyn, through my own therapy journey is, like, I went to therapy once with my husband, like, as a cute thing that we did that wasn't serious. I don't think when I really think about me going to therapy by myself, that was serious. (laughs) And then I decided to go back to therapy as an adult sola because actually my husband was diagnosed with adult ADHD. And I remember having all this resentment about not knowing sooner and I could just kill him for all the things that I didn't know and all the things I had become and how it made me anxious, how forgetful he was. And it just changed my life. But I did it because of that. Funny enough, like I'm going to, I don't want to hate my husband. I want to deal with these feelings that I have around my husband. And it quickly became about my mom girl. And I spent like 18 months in therapy dealing with my relationship with my Mm -hmm. mom and funny enough, what I learned in that and what broke through there for me is that, like, I'm never going to be able to tell my mom the things yeah. I want to tell her. I am never, ever going to be able to tell them to her the way I want to tell them. When I hear her popping off at the mouth, judging, like, the whole family or defending herself or being critical or being harsh, I do want to, like, stop her. And I do want to shake her. And I want to talk to her like I would talk to my friend and be like, girl, you know, you know you to blame too, yeah. girl. First of all, if you didn't talk to him like that, you know, I want to be so real with my <laughs> yeah. mom and what came up. <laughs> For me, in those 18 months of therapy, it's like, I'd rather have a relationship with my mom than to tell her what I've needed to tell her for 42 years. And I can think of all the times in my life where I had a big ass mouth and told her what I needed to tell her and it didn't work and it didn't function. And sometimes I was angry and sometimes I was calm and sometimes I was articulate and sometimes I was a mess and it never worked trying to tell her, you know, but what therapy did for me is understanding that she had her reasons. I love her. I don't need to tell her. I don't need to defend everybody else. I don't need to worry about everybody else's relationship with her. I just need to worry about, do I want one with Mm -hmm. her? And do I take her as she is? And I love sharing this story because I am like a walking testimony of someone that like just decided to be in my mom's life and it worked out. I was going to say earlier in an earlier podcast, but I guess it fits Mm -hmm. in this one, which is great. My mom is the queen of like telling people when they call, you never call me. The minute you call her, like, nunca me hablas. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Por qué me estás hablando? Like, she's such a, like, she makes you feel shitty before she makes you feel good. If she ever she's even gets to make tripper. you feel good. Guilt tripper. He's a guilt tripper to the capital, <laughs> capital guilt tripper. That's why this company's tagline is guilt-free evolution. We break in our generational traumas. But that, Evelyn, she will always make you feel bad before she makes you feel good. And so people kind of don't mm-hmm. approach her. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take that insult for as long as it takes. And I would call, and I would call, and I would call, and I would call. And now my mom... It's been forever since she says that. And now she calls me and is in a good mood and is in a good space. And before she wouldn't call me, because she's prideful. You know, my mom calls me all the time now. I haven't heard her say to me, nunca me hablas. And the other day I was thinking like, dude, she hasn't realized that I don't have to call her. She will call me the three to four times a week now. Pero pasó eso because I was like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to call her. I'm going to get insulted. (laughs) I'm going to hear all this shit talking about everybody else, but I'm going to call. So that whole story to say that like 
expectations sometimes mess with you and you got to be there because you want to be there. And I didn't figure this out. A therapist like you, the brains like yours and the skills that you have helped me see that I needed to do it for me if I really wanted to. And my therapist was also very mothering. So everybody gets what they get out of therapy, right? My therapist was very, very mothering, which I was like, oh, she's what I need. Like, I'm going to call her and she ain't going to make me feel bad. Anyway, long old story about my testimony, girl. It's like I'm at church. I love it. I love it. Amen. Um, (laughs) That's another thing that I was going to say, too, that sometimes, you know, again, when we think about intention, you know, what is the intention around having these conversations? Sometimes you don't need to tell them anything, right? Or like, you're going to figure out that there's no point in telling them. Because you're not going to convince them, you're not going to change who they are, the way they th- that they think, right? And this is because of the experiences that they've had, right? The, you know, what they have had, or the ways that they've had to function, right? You know, for a lot of them, for survival, right? And so, it's the, yeah, sometimes you don't even have to have those conversations. Um, Como el tener que ser fuerte, ¿no? Like, Ceci, uh-huh. I think it, se, se nota con tu mamá, uh-huh. Irene, se nota con tu uh-huh. mami. Like, I, I noticed it in my mom. It's like these, our, our moms just uprooted us. I mean, Evelyn, you you were born in Guatemala. You came here at nine. You were uprooted from your your environment. You were, you know, implanted into, you know, the States. And here's where you are. You're living your life now. But that's a hard transition, I think, that our, and our parents many times came here, came here solos, like on their own and left everything behind. So I can just imagine, like, I have to be strong. I have to be strong. If that's consistently in your mind, like, you don't allow for the vulnerability. You don't allow yourself to, like, hey, let me have this kind of conversation with my kids. Let me let me maybe share um, my experience from a vulnerable vulnerable position instead of, like, pues yo lo hice, también lo puedes hacer tú. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that sense of getting that guilt trip. You know, like, I sacrificed so much. Why can't you just go to school, in a sense, right? Like, es algo como siempre como que do it. And then they kind of pull you down, like, some way or another. You know, a lot of the work that happens in therapy is around, it's about you, right? It's not about, you know, your mom or it, it, it's really about you, right? And how do you stay grounded? How do you stay centered in yourself so that you can have, you know, these relationships, right, with your mom where, you know, you can, you can hear the insults, but you can stay in your peace. Right, and you can stay in your in your grounded, centered self um, because you have other spaces where you can, you know, like you said, go to right to get some of these things that maybe you can't and are not going to be able to get from your parental figures. Yeah, and it's also part of like who our parents are. Like you, you said it, Evelyn. They're in survival mode, pero también. They're here, and now now we had this conversation a little earlier because we were talking about being the the sandwich generation, or in our case, the torta uh, generation that we changed it to. But <laughs> having those conversations with our parents and just understanding and accepting that at where they're at um, is also work that we do within ourselves. Like one thing that we talked about earlier was like setting boundaries with our parents because they're a little bit like kids again. That you know, quieren esa atención and they're craving that attention. And that's one thing that I've kind of learned through my own therapy journey is like, okay, setting these boundaries with your parents and you're doing it at a, in a loving way, uh, sin enojos, like, hey, mom, hey, dad, I am going to come over and I'm going to help you guys with X, Y, and Z. But at a certain time, I need to leave. So is there anything that you guys need before I leave? 
Um, and it's hard because we say it to them, right? We say it to them, pero como son otra vez a little bit like niños, it's hard for them to kind of understand and they're craving the attention and, you know, it's, it's hard. But um, that's definitely something that I've worked on in the last year to be more patient and, you know, set my boundaries, pero in a loving way. Um, sin, sin alterarme because I want to say like six months ago I was like getting frustrated with my parents um, a lot but yeah so thank you anyway for, for mentioning that their survival and who they are and what they know and to segue a little bit and transition a, a bit I wanted to pick your brain a, a little bit about you being a twin mm -hmm. mom so Evelyn, you know, ha has twin daughters, and I forget, I don't know how old they are. I think, what, 10, 12? They're going to be 10. Yeah. Oh, 10. Yeah, okay, 10. so I wasn't, I wasn't too far off. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to pick your brain a little bit because I wanted to know if your training as a therapist helped you at all navigate your journey as a twin mom. Um, I know the first couple of years are hard, and, um, and you know, there's obviously competition and there's competition among among siblings all the time anyway mm -hmm. but it's kind of harder to see as you're you know they're both experiencing the same exact thing at the same time the same you know they're in the same grade they're you know going through same things in life and stages and whatnot but do you have like a one or two go-to tips that you would have for twin parents first of all <laughs> i want to say it's still hard on you know many different levels right? Like parenting is like you master, you think you've mastered one level and then you get hit with like the next level. Um, como, it's like this, um, vamos a ver, a ver si estás, si de veras. Um, and so it's, it's harder, yeah, not to negate, right? The, the first years were really hard to the point that now in retrospect, I look back and I'm like, you know, como le hice? <laughs> like i don't even know how i got here <laughs> um because it's it's so hard like i just remember the first mm, like the first months like the first couple of months just crying from exhaustion like i had i never felt that yeah. level of exhaustion mm -hmm. in my life ever mm -hmm. i was like it was like my spirit had just like left my body and it was just like I, who am i, I? yeah <laughs> sounds like a fucking horror it, movie oh my god yeah like ah, with diapers and crying and burping and all and then it was like a, you know, an ongoing thing like because at the beginning you know they don't have a routine right you you're just trying to figure all the shit out and um and it was like one would feed and then, you know, one would, she would go to sleep and then the other one would wake up and it was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? <laughs> I just picture like little demons, right? Ah, como le voy a hacer? <laughs> Even though they're beautiful little babies and you're just like, what? Can you just sleep? It, it, you know? <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. Didn't no, I just months. finish feeding one? <laughs> I know. Um, it seems so cool to have twins, by the way. It seems so freaking cool once you get through those years mm -hmm. that Ceci talks about them the same way, by the way. Uh, it seems so um, cool. Yeah, but I think the um, finding, so first of all, I think my, my journey as a therapist has helped me to, has informed the way that I parent, right? Um, I try to, because I've, I've done so much work with kids, 
um, when I was working in community mental health, that I tried to just learn from those mistakes, right? Like, you know, the things that, you know, the, the, the kids that I would see would come to, right? Um, a lot of the times is, you know, not feeling heard, not feeling understood, right? Or like needing a space to, um, to talk or um, express feelings, right? And so I try to, I, I'm not at all perfect. Like I, you know, I mess up. I, I don't, I, I don't know it all, even as a therapist, right? Like, um, is the, but I, I really try to just implement what I have learned through my experience as a therapist with, you know, working with kids, with my, with my own kids. Um, este, so consejos, I mean, you know, this one is hard depending on, you know, your support system, but really, you right. know, um, asking for help, um, taking some time for yourself, um, whenever you can. Um, and my philosophy when it comes to self-care is not, you know, so much about like the extravagant things that you can, that you get to do every now and then. It's more about how do you implement these practices, you know, in, in your day-to-day -day life, right? For me, it was just like getting to enjoy a hot cup of coffee, like, and really being in that moment, right? Like, yes, just yes. mindfulness and being connected to mm -hmm. yourself, right? Like pulling, like, it's like calling, calling back all the energy back to yourself kind of thing you know, in those moments. So finding for me, you know, I've been a single mom, um, for since they were like three, maybe. Wow. And entonces, yeah, totally. for me, it was about finding those little pockets of time that I could just like, you know, again, disconnect, but connect to myself, um, throughout yeah, the day, whether it was a, a, a nice shower, <laughs> Uh, oh my god yes coffee. tell me about it <laughs> you know things like that so but see and and again like i said and asking for support because that can be really hard um and leaning yeah. into you know your support system whoever can can offer help even if it's your girlfriend yeah. you know to cry and bend and yeah. say he's fucking <laughs> yes fucking shit fucking <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> Beto tells a funny story about her going to her uh, patio to like curse, mm. you know, sola oh con sus hijos, and she says the story that she wants to curse, and she's like, "I'm so proud of her. I would curse with my kids. I'm like, they're too young. They're not gonna remember. They're fucking all four under four. They're not gonna remember. I would curse in front of them." She went outside, composed herself, cursed in front of her kids, and met la casa. But then her hubby <laughs> ended up seeing that. Le pregunto, Beto, ¿qué was going on right here? Pero tell me what was happening oh, in this video. moment where you were cursing at the at the video the darn ring like camera everywhere. captures everything you know, other, everything. <laughs> <laughs> captures everything. See? Um, yeah. my neighbors like my my fuck my fuck <laughs> uh, you need those moments you need those moments of release so giving them to yourself and you know again even i don't think i knew about emotional regulation until i became a parent to be honest with you like it was like a term that I heard in grad school. <laughs> um, but when I became a, a parent, I was like, oh shit, this is really hard to keep yourself in a place where you're grounded. 
um, when they're, you know, having a fit, it's really hard. Um, so I, you know, I, I tell parents to be really gentle with themselves because you're going to mess up. You know, you're going to yell, you're going to scream. It's about repairing, you know, trying to repair, trying to validate their experience, right? Um, you know, and, and then just and making yourself human in that way where you're like, I messed up and I'm sorry. Porque ¿cuántas de nosotras escucharon eso growing up? No, nunca. nunca. I think that's the best we can do. I think the best we can do is to show our kids the vulnerability and the humanness that our parents just couldn't. They, they just couldn't. My mom will probably never admit that she is wrong at anything. And once in my life, once in my life, I heard my mom say something like that. And I will hold it dear and I will keep it for the rest of my life. But she did it. And it was like, wow, this must have been so hard for her to honor that. But I feel like I do it once a week because I'm be fucking up and telling my kids. <laughs> same, <laughs> same. I'll be fucking up and I'm like, I'm sorry again. And I know I say I'm sorry. I know. I probably don't mean nothing. But yeah. Like, but like, you should never say it. But after you say I'm sorry, I'm working on all of it. Evelyn. I'm working on all of it. But I, I will never forget how I... I picked up to travel for a year with my family and I was saying goodbye to my mom and I know she was pissed at me and she was telling the whole family, like, how dare I do that to my kids and how could I do that and how responsible is when I lose my job. She was talking all kinds of stuff about me, right? Pissed. We're saying goodbye and I'm leaving to this trip. And, you know, your parents think they catastrophize. They think you're going to die. You know, something bad's going to happen to you. So I think she wanted to get it off her chest. So it's funny. It fabricated this moment of like her being on her deathbed without her being on her deathbed. Thank God. And my mom says to me like, Mija, yo sé que yo trabajé mucho y siempre estaba trabajando y sé que no pude estar allí para ustedes. Sé que les hice mucha falta. My mom does not admit that to anyone. And I never uh -huh. thought she thought that about the way she raised my young brother and I. There's six of us, but the youngest really, I don't feel that she was absent, but my mom was absent because it was hard and, and life was hard. Hard, but she's like, and I know that I could have been a better mom. And you know, and I'm sorry that I wasn't a better mom. Like that was huge, y'all. That was like this breakthrough huge. Like I wish I would have recorded it to play for everybody. And I just hugged her goodbye and I got in the car and I'm like crying. And, I, and my husband's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. Like my mom probably thinks she's never gonna see me again. But she told me something like so like heavy and so honest and so real and so she broke through. She would never break through. Like she's never wrong and you're the bad guy. And she's defending, right? And it was a beautiful moment. And I share that because it was beautiful to hear it once. It was beautiful to hear oh it once. Oh, my God. I, I wish I, that for all of us. <laughs> you know, that highlights the fact that being parents is freaking hard. And I think that your mommy, aunque ya esté, ya tenga su muchachona grown up and making decisions for her own family, you're still her baby. And yeah. she's like, yeah. if I don't see my baby again, let me let her know que la quiero mm -hmm. un chingo, that I'm mm -hmm. sorry that I wasn't a bet like a better mom so that was beautiful Irene. that's beautiful and i think you know i look at my kids every day and i'm like if i don't see you today or at the you know if this is the last time i see you fudge you know what i want i want to hold oh that little God. hand yeah. i want to give you little kids mm -hmm. before you know but by the time they get home i'm like hijos de su madre you know just listen you know like it's all these things but there are those moments that you look at your kids you're like i'm not probably what if i'm not around forever what if they're yeah. not around forever and it really gives you those moments of like, we're human. I started watching this show Shrinking and it's about therapists, right? And and it kind of does what, what Evelyn was just telling us that, you know, we're, we're asking her for tips and, you know, she's talking about how, you know, she learned this term in grad school about emotional regulation and then she's a real parent and she's like, oh, damn, this is hard. Like, how do I do this? But this show really brings the humanness into what, ther what therapists are. You know, we, we 
I've been to therapy. All three of us have been to therapy. And we're like, damn, they're miracle healers, man. How did they like really get me to break through? Um, but it really does that humanness. I feel that therapists are underrated. <laughs> and that I think with the pandemic, it helped a lot that people were like, I need something. I don't know what I'm missing in my life. I, I know I need guidance. And therapists came through, dude, like really, really well. So I'm so happy that that happened. But with the humanness, I'm with you. I'm with you, Evelyn. I think that every day is just a very big challenge. Like I mentioned, I have four, five and under now. And it's like, I'm, you know, the, the youngest one, I'm finally going to, you know, I'm at diapers, you know, 10, uh, 10 months. And I'm just like, okay, when, you know, and I'm like, okay, hurry up and grow. But then at the same time, I'm like, no, because seeing this baby keeps me grounded to how I treat my older children. And even though, not even older, they're five, four, three, right? So it kind of helps me visualize them like, I was holding you not too long ago like this. You are a vulnerable, gentle little being. Like how can, and sometimes I'm really hard on myself. I'm like, how come I was such a biatch with my kids? How come I just raise my voice? How did I just do this? But it is exhausting. It is a constant thing. And it's exhausting to try to get to that perfection of like what a mom is and could be and should be where I'm just like, no, no, I, I have to be what I am and the best version of me. And how can I just be me? And that even is hard because, you know, with motherhood, we sometimes lose ourselves. And that part in itself is challenging. We're helping us realize that we're human and it's okay that we make mistakes. But as long as we repair and we're willing to apologize to these little humans and tell them like, Sabes que? I'm going to love you no matter what. And I hope that will hopefully translate to them of like, I'll love mom no matter what, right? Yeah. Um, as long as it's not abuse, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like abuse. Yeah. The struggle is daily. The struggle is daily. This this morning when I was in, the girls were at drop off and they're lined up. You know, they get excited with their friends or whatever. And then like one of Samantha, she like, she hugs me, but she like headbutts me in the stomach and like, oh, I'm like, light. And I was like, Samantha, you know? And then her, her like mechanism, like, she like she like starts to cry and i see her tears and i and i you know i didn't want her to go into her class with her tears so i was like samantha i was like it's okay just apologize mom mommy just say like hey mommy i'm sorry i'm like i know you're excited you're with your friends uh, and then you know i wiped her tear away and i said hey just apologize i'm okay i still love you but just you know be careful and if you hurt someone just apologize like no no quiero que estés llorando i love you you know yes but it was like i know that if i hadn't done it i would have felt bad like que se fue a su salon, and she was probably all teary-eyed and whatnot so those are the things that i'm i learned as a mom and as through therapy to like y como decía esta irene también like sometimes you have to continue apologizing but at least we're doing it and we're reconnecting with them and, I, and we also have to acknowledge that you know first gen parenting is so hard <laughs> it's so hard right because you're trying to do things differently and you know it's like but where where do you draw from right like where do you you're learning these things you're trying to implement them so again just give yourself grace because you're not going to get it all the time you're not going to get it right um but we're, we're learning as we go um and and just the, the the fact that if you can validate your child's experience, that in itself is huge. You know, porque muchas veces it's like we um, 
you know, when we're in a rush, right? Like we're almost negating like the whatever's happening for them, right? Rest mm-hmm. in. So yeah, this just validating their experience along this is really powerful. It's also easy to brush it off because you're like, mm-hmm. as an adult, you're like, I've been there, done that, right? I've no, been there, done people. that. You're see, yeah, como que you have a hard time putting on your shoes, póntelos. And it's, it's, it's todo el no tengo tiempo and I'm in a rush. And like these kids are, are experiencing life pretty much, like a lot of things are so new to them, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, we're not excited about that anymore. <laughs> we're just like, I've seen enough clouds. Everybody's looked at enough dogs, you know, and it, it's all of that. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you have also had that experience in 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 therapy with kids and kids that have said like you know es que no me escuchan or they haven't been there so it's kind of helped guide your your parenting um in speaking of like of, of these kids and also like we know we see our children like you see children in your practice and we see our kids every day and we notice like their behaviors and certain things that they do and i'll tell you like real quick um like my daughter during the pandemic she started like pulling her little hair out Como que agarraba una ansiedad, you know, like, este, after my third was born and I was pregnant with, finally, like, with my, the last one, number four, I started noticing that se empezó a sacar mucho su pelito. And, like, she would start, like, doing this to her hair and then it turns into a knot and then she'll, like, yank at it and she started kind of pulling out her hair. So I was like, maybe she has, está ansiosa or maybe there's something there. But, like, how do we know when it's time maybe for us to, as a parent, instead of being like, oh, my kid's fine. She's just, you know, maybe just having a hard time um, adjusting to this new change or to this change. But when, when is, how, how do we know when it's time maybe to have her or have your child be evaluated by a, a therapist or, or even, t- like, checked to see if she is having or he is having anxiety or they're nervous or there's just, you know, having a, tr- a hard time adjusting? Like, how do we know when to do that? First of all, just acknowledging the fact that the pandemic was really hard, not just for the adults, but for the kids. Um, and that, um, you know, we are not sure what the lingering effects are going to be about you know, the pandemic and our kids having to go through that experience, right? Um, but I know for my kids, it was, it was really hard. Um, and the other piece to answer your question is it can get a little tricky because sometimes, um, you know, some kids can be externalizers, which means they, you know, they may express like behaviors, like different behaviors, um, like maybe different mannerisms, like, um, and so you might be able to tell, you know, if they're, externalizers a little easier than if they're internalizers internalizers tend to like keep everything inside right they might be um anxious or not sleeping well or you know but so noticing changes in their like day-to-day routines is a really big indicator like you know are they um even little like subtle things right like are they saying like they don't like school, right? Um, or um, they don't want to go to school or um, notice and trying to notice subtle changes in, in, in them is I think is the most important thing because you'll know, then you can start to have a conversation like, well, you know, you are 
saying that you don't want to go to school, but you've always liked going to school, right? Or, you know, is something changing? Um, has anything, has anything changed, right? And so giving them um, a way to express or talk about what's happening. And sometimes it, with kids, it's, it's not always so direct, right? Um, so you have to come at them from their age level, right? Like start to ask questions that maybe um, lead you into um, into that conversation. Este, puede hacer de que hayan cambios en um, lo, la cantidad que comen o cómo están durmiendo o si están teniendo dificultades, um, you know, sleeping. Or maybe they're asking, you know, they're reverting back in some ways, right? Like asking to sleep with you, right? Um, or not using the bathroom. It really depends on what age they're in. Um, but I would say, you know, really pay close attention to any changes, any subtle changes. Checking in with them. Um, sometimes it's really helpful to give them, uh, again, language, you know, um, para que ellos puedan expresar. Um, you know, have you been feeling a little nervous lately about going to school, right? And so giving them that type of language um, mm -hmm. that can help them identify what's going on. In creating and having those conversations, um, puede ser de que ellos también este, lleguen a un punto, but they're going to ask you to, for that support. Um, you know, I had one of them... Um, I had my, my, my son, who, my oldest one, you know, at one point, like we, he came to me and he was like, I, I think I, I, I want someone to talk to, right? And so connecting, you know, connecting them to their counselors at school, um, if that, you know, doesn't work out or it's not very helpful, then you can reach out to, you know, a therapist. But usually so the, just the starting point would be like, you know, connecting them at school if you can. Yeah. All right. So just making sure you're you're paying attention, close attention mm -hmm. to them, any subtle changes. Um, it's I mean, key words that you use externalizers versus the internalizers mm -hmm. and you know, their their sleeping habits or eating habits, all these little things kind of play a role into that. So thank you for that. It, it helps to kind of have like um a starting point of where what you can do and then from there, you know, go to school guidance and then from there they can if they need to refer to mm -hmm. therapists, perfect. But we don't know the steps, right? We don't know, yeah. like, ¿qué hago? It's like, and that's when we ask for help. And I feel that this podcast, there's a lot of women that listen to it that are not moms. Mm -hmm. But I feel that a lot of Latinas that are listening to this, that are being chingonas and, like, doing their own thing and career-focused right now and not really worrying about family and children, at least they know that these are the some of the challenges that come up, you yeah. know, once you're a parent and that if you are, you know, you need to focus, not focus, but like also pay attention to the little things. It's not just the big mood swings. It's not the, it's not going to be major. Sometimes it's very subtle. So it's going to be a lot of great information for women that are not moms yet. And to the mamas that are out there, they're finally like, oh, finally, maybe I can, you know, I have some guidance. I have some idea of what I can do. This is very helpful. Um, conversations around feelings, I mean, it helps, helps a lot. Um, Eso sí. 
I had a very unique mom. My parents were, no, les, no nos pegaban mucho y no nos gritaban mucho, pero yo soy bien gritona. Yo soy bien gritona yeah. con mis hijos. Y mamá was like, ven pa' acá, te voy a dar una chinga. Si sigues así. But I mean, I don't, no les doy la chinga. I just, I think I'm just like my dad. Era más pura palabra. Uh-huh. And I've had, I've stopped spanking because I was like, okay, if that, I didn't get spanked. What the hell? Why am I spanking, right? Uh-huh. So it was, I had to really look inwards and be like, okay, Vero, chill out. You're just tired. You're exhausted. You cannot just put it all on your kids to where you release this stress on them. And that sucks. I'm like, I don't want to be that mom that they don't want to see. They don't want to come over for Mother's Day and they don't want to see on Christmas. Like, you know, that is, I feel that there's different forms of abuse and not giving them, you know, um, a safe, you could say, environment for them to just express themselves and be kids. I, I feel it's really, you know, challenging for moms, especially when they're tired. We're hard on ourselves, and I think we could be our worst critics. But yeah. I mean, las que puedan que descansen. So, in a sense, on the on, on your perspective, you know, we're, this is our, our our signature question we ask all of our guests. But you know, we're talking about our kids and healing ourselves in order to be better versions of ourselves, to be better moms, better siblings, better you know, tías, and you know, all that good stuff. And daughters, what? advice or what words of wisdom would you give your 25 year old self if you could oh man um my 25 year old self i think i would tell her to just continue focusing on on herself on her growth to get to know herself really um deeply um get away, you know, to travel. Um, one of my biggest regrets is not going away for school um, because I was so scared to go away. Um, so, yeah, I would say, you know, if you're thinking about doing something, just do it. If it doesn't work out, if it doesn't work out, you know, deciding whether to, for example, go away for, for school you know, just try it out. Like, yeah, I think it's, it's so much, it, the, that regret of not doing something is harder than the regret of like, okay, I did something and it just didn't work out. So. I, I love that because it reminds us that, como dice ese dicho, I'd rather, I would rather fail trying than fail to try. Algo así, no? And I feel that that's perfectly said. Like, I, I think that your experience, your experience, like you said, your middle child, I'm like, oh, I want to dig deeper into that. Because, <laughs> you know, um, pero se, en tu voz escuchó, like, you're like, you know, that was, it was a regret, but it was a decision you made because of what you knew, right? We, we, it's sometimes so, the unknown is so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've processed it and it's beautiful that you're probably going to be the mom of lejos, go wherever you want. You're going to be so supportive and not have your kids have that fear of like, you know, leaving the nest or being able to go away. Hey, you can, you're always going to come back. It's only four years. And if you can make it through that first, you can always come back. So it gives you that experience, mm-hmm. but that's lovely that you tell her travel, get out and like, you know, and get your don't be right afraid now. to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Evelyn, it's been so nice having you here. Gracias. Um, 
dinos, por favor, how can our listeners find you? How can they get a hold of you of La Mariposita Healing? A ver, cuéntanos, porfis. Um, so you can find me um, on Instagram at La Mariposita Healing. Um, my website is also lamariposita-healing.com. Um, I'm mostly active on Instagram. I have a TikTok, but I'm still not. It's too much work. TikTok. It's too much work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can barely keep up with Instagram. So, yeah, you can find I me there. Or We feel you. <laughs> yeah. Um, or my, my website, like I said. So we'll make sure to include all that info in there. You can find Evelyn La Mariposita Healing um, and reach out if you have any questions. But if anyone has any uh, questions or anything you want to share, always. Well, before I go into that, Evelyn, first, thank you for sharing your story and spending time with us. Yeah, I'm jumping the gun aquí. Yeah, vamos a seguir. Rushing, 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 guys. <laughs> um, thank you for being here with us. And it's beautiful to have you on and talk about, you know, how we can heal and how we can be better people and how to nurture our, our inner niñas and also our kids as well. And even our mamas, right? And our parents, because we need to know the... Uh, Going to the purpose of the conversations before we make them just upset. Right? <laughs> so thank you so much, Evelyn. It's been really nice having you here. And if anyone wants to keep the conversation going, you can always find us at leveloplatina.com. You can shoot us an email at admin at leveloplatina.com as well. And you can find us on Instagram, porque somos viejitas, and we're on Instagram and Facebook at leveloplatina. And el TikTok todavía no estamos, but we are on Twitter occasionally at latina underscore up. But if there's anything, always feel free to shoot us an email message if, you know, keep the conversation going. And keep an eye out for September 30th, our Level of Latina Breakthrough Brunch, our gathering, our annual gathering um, to save the date. Thank you so much. This was really lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much.